Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You learn something new every day. Today is no different. Anyone, I'm told, who has friends that are getting married likely knows that Scottsdale, Arizona has skyrocketed in popularity. I, however, did not know that. It has skyrocketed as a bachelorette party destination. In the past several years, the Phoenix suburb has jumped to the number two spot, vaulting ahead of Miami, Vegas, and Palm Springs. This according to the app Bach. Who doesn't know about the app Bach? Uh, Nashville, of course, remains the undisputed champion with 30,000 bachelorette parties planned this year alone. Scottsdale only has 11,600 bachelorette parties planned. If you're not sure, you can go to thebach.com. It's a bachelorette party planning made easy. I'm sure that you knew that already had you, if you were planning your bachelorette party. But uh, just letting you know, uh, don't uh, go, go to Vegas, don't go to Miami, don't go to Palm Springs. Either want to go to Nashville or Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Remember when I said uh, Elon probably doesn't really want Twitter? He just, uh, you know, said he would buy it and he wanted to stir the pot. And he definitely stirred the pot. No doubt about that. And, uh, and, you know, sure, if it ends up that he buys it, great. He'll take it private and then he'll take it public again. And we'll, you know, we'll have free speech in quotation marks on Twitter. But uh, it was just reported that Elon said, you know, I might withdraw my Twitter takeover bid. Yeah, the company's been withholding data. And that's really a material breach. And I, I may withdraw that whole takeover bid. So it's been time. They still have to have a, uh, I think they still have to have a shareholder vote. That still has to happen. But everything else is in place for him to purchase it. And we'll see if it actually happens. Because I still have that feeling that it's just not going to happen. It was all just to kind of stir the pot. He will never admit that. I'm just saying. I read between the lines. It's what I do here on Chewing the Fat. Another thing I do, talk about food. From small family farms to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish, all while supporting American family farms. You can help save the family farm and get access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the Moink movement today. That's uh, Moo plus Oink. Moink. You can join the Moink movement today. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like their grandparents did, and maybe even your grandparents. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should, because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste. Then you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box. 
like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets. My favorite, much more. Plus, you can cancel at any time. I didn't even mention the bacon. Oh, man, that is my favorite. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And he's right. (laughs) I may not agree with Kevin O'Leary on everything, but I agree with him there. Moink's bacon is the best bacon that he's ever tasted and that I've ever tasted. Ring doorbell founder Jamie Simonoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. And you know, when I first read that, I kind of chuckled and said, how can they guarantee something like that? But when you get the moink box delivered to your door and you bring it in the kitchen and you open it up and you start taking out the ribeyes and the chicken and the bacon and the salmon and you know what as you're standing there and you're looking at it and you're wondering what am i going to eat today you say to yourself or out loud oink oink i'm just so happy i got moinked that's how they guarantee it keep american farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash jeffy right now and listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year that's one year of the best filet mignon you're ever going to taste but it's for a limited time so go to moinkbox.com slash jeffy right now m-o-i-n-k box.com slash jeffy moinkbox.com slash jeffy So, congratulations are in order to Chris Anderson. And you may say, Chris Anderson? Who is Chris Anderson? (laughs) He's the goat of extreme cheese rolling. And I'm not talking about an actual goat. Chris Anderson is a human being and the greatest of all time at extreme cheese rolling. After a two-year pandemic pause, competitors from around the world this past weekend hurled themselves down that hill for the glory of becoming the first to capture the double Gloucester. Is it Gloucester? 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 Double Gloucester? Or do some people call it... Amorphophallus. Wheel. And, uh, I mean, that cheese roll, it speeds up to 70 miles an hour. You watch the people rolling down that hill, man. Incredible. Incredible. And Chris Anderson has uh, won it 23 times. This is 23rd time. That guy is, this guy is the goat of extreme cheese rolling. Now, he's retiring. Now, he believes that uh, he's had enough. Uh, He just had a daughter during the pandemic. And he wants to stop, you know, cheese rolling. (laughs) (laughs) so you know congratulations chris for your 23rd extreme cheese roll championship it's a fantastic title to have and if you're going to be a goat at something you might as well be a goat of extreme cheese rolling (laughs) you know it's these you know, it's these people rolling down this hill, man. It is incredible. I, I you know, I, I don't recommend it, but uh, if you want to do it, man, have some fun. Now, speaking of cheese, we got a cheese recall. I know. I'm so sick of these recalls. So we got enough food shortages going on. We don't need recalls. So apparently we have a listeria concern with some cheese in America. I know. I'm bummed too, but it's only 2,800 pounds. 
So don't worry about it. It's just a, you know, it's a little bit of a problem. That's all. And, you know, it's done with the abundance of caution. Okay. <laughs> Look, we, it's a voluntary recall. Uh, there were tests that found Listeria bacteria on a cutting board at the Brothers Inc. plant on May 3rd. And according to the company's director of manufacturing and operations, we did a routine audit and several entities, you know, audit us through the year. We had a positive hit on our cheese room and one of our cutting boards. The cutting board and the cheese from that day were all destroyed and the room sanitized according to the company. But anything connected with that particular board did not leave our building. Well, then why did you have this recall? Well, it's an abundance of caution, okay? So if you think you got sick, I mean, 1,600 people get listerosis infections, uh, listerious infections every year in the U.S. Do not play the amorphophallus again. And about 260 people die. So if you've eaten contaminated food with listeria, uh, you know, you get a fever, headache, stiffness, nausea, abdominal pain, maybe some diarrhea. Uh, it could be serious for young kids and older people and those of course with weakened immune systems. So, you know, be careful and look, it's, is it possible that a pregnant woman or man, uh, are especially vulnerable and are at the risk of miscarriages and stillbirth due to listeria? Sure but very unlikely. So don't worry about it. Look, this, the cheese is sold under multiple brand names. Cottonwood River Cheddar, the Amir Brie Double Creme French Brie, Milton Brie Breeze, White Cheddar Style, Milton Tomato Garlic Cheddar, Paris Brothers Mild Cheddar, Paris Brothers Colby Jack, Paris Brothers Pepper Jack, and Cervesi Pepicona Romano. So if you're in Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, Kansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and South Dakota, maybe you had some affected cheese at a particular store. If you stopped at Price Chopper, Super Saver, or Harps uh, to be (laughs) a few grocery chains that sell the affected cheese from brother's ink plant in Kansas City, Missouri. So it's possible that you could have listeria. I mean, I would guess that it's probably more likely that you have monkeypox than it is the listeria from this cheese out of Kansas City. We have 24 cases now across 11 states. Uh, it's growing. All right. Uh, 400. So over the weekend, more than 400 potential contacts are under investigation. The two strains that we've talked about said to be circulating in the country. Officials still say, though, that the risk to public health remains low and a widespread epidemic is unlikely. Now, okay, if you say so. Uh, I mean, I guess we have, uh, you know, the 900 cases reported in almost 30 countries around the globe. That's uh, just a, what, an outbreak? Not really an epidemic? <laughs> I mean, it's the largest known spread of the virus outside of Central and Western Africa, where it is endemic. Uh, Officials say the current outbreak is likely seated at two European raves with a high number of cases being reported by gay and bisexual men. That's it. The rare infectious disease is typically transmitted to humans via interaction with monkeys and rodents, and human-to-human transmission is low. 
So don't even, don't, don't come to me with your, hey, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a pandemic or even just a, I mean, okay, so is it a pandemic or is it an epidemic? Not a pandemic, it's an epidemic. We're not going to have a pandemic of monkeypox. That would be silly. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, of course, you know, we've got the first probable case of monkeypox in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, okay, no problem. Uh, the individual traveled to a location with an outbreak in cases. It's in isolation and is in good condition. The individual reported no close contacts in San Francisco during the time period when they could have spread the infection to others. That's it's my impression that we've talked about uh, it's quite some time uh, before you are not infectious. Um, you get the big uh, breakout and then the, you know, the pox dry up and scab off. But they still, unless it's completely gone, uh, you can still be transmitting the old monkeypox. So, just saying. <laughs> just saying that, uh, okay, if you say so. I mean, they say transmission occurs through close physical contact with animals or humans, like I said. Their body fluids, contaminated droplet particles from respiratory secretions or infected skin lesions, and indirectly, by the way, of fomites, inanimate objects such as bed linens, towels, and hard surfaces that may be laden with infectious virus particles. So anything that's touched by the old transmittable disease monkeypoxer, uh, you can catch it. <laughs> okay. All right, you got it. Uh, it's, it's very low. I'm, you know, I'm not worried about it at all. Just don't stay. I mean, we're back to the, we're back to the stay six feet away from me again. And it's not because of COVID. It's because of the monkey box. All right. Let's back off me. All right. Don't touch me. Don't breathe on me. And most definitely put some plastic gloves on or something. Cause I don't want any of that pox thing getting all over me. You don't want none of that. You do not want none of that. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Desperately. <laughs> so good. All right, we're in the break room. Did you see the video that went viral? I don't know. That's something. during last week. I, I can't get over this chick, this Ekaterina Shalova from Italy's Got Talent. And she was awesome. Awesome. And it was this, uh, it, all I could think of when I watched this is, you know, the scene from Gladiator. So she reminds me of Lisa Gerard who was part of the Gladiator soundtrack. Now, Lisa, when you look at her, you know, Wikipedia page or her information, IMDB page, stuff like that, she considers herself avant-garde, neoclassical, dark wave, new age, uh, you know, classical Baroque, Gregorian chant, Bulgarian chant, ethereal wave. I mean, that's how she considers herself. She is awesome. This Australian musician. Now, uh, Ekaterina, <laughs> this was uh, on Italy's Got Talent. Now, Ekaterina is from Russia. Well, she was born in Russia, grew up in 
Canada and then came to Italy to study music, which is how she heard about Italy's Got Talent. And she said that I had to audition. <laughs> okay. I was, this girl is amazing. Maximus Desmus Meridius. Commander to the armies of the north. General to the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. <laughs> I'm telling you, she is awesome. Awesome. Uh, it just anyway, I can't get over the video. I've watched it like a thousand times. I know there's been, you know, millions of views from uh, Italy's Got Talent and probably 500,000 are me. So if you get a chance, <laughs> uh, just awesome. And I did see your emails uh, over the past weekend uh, thanking me for letting you know about hacks on HBO Max and uh, Trapo on uh, Amazon Prime. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, you're welcome. Uh, I did watch uh, another series this weekend on Netflix that is really good, Lincoln Lawyer. I know. I didn't think it was going to be that good either. And, you know, you just... I'll tell you what. I really enjoyed the episodes. I don't know how many episodes there are. I don't know. Eight, ten, whatever it was season one they've already re-upped for season two um you just gotta kind of let the woke stuff roll off you it's not too bad uh you know audio wise but a lot of the stuff goes without mentioning and you know you just kind of gotta let it roll off your shoulders a little bit just enjoy the ride okay don't worry <laughs> about there's there's a you know it's it's netflix and there's a lot of woke stuff in the presentation but it doesn't hurt the show really it just it, you just kind of go huh really but it doesn't hurt the show so i i'm okay i'm okay with it i probably shouldn't be but i am i'm okay with it it's because it doesn't affect the way the goodness of the show so it's just part of the show and you know okay i get it do what you gotta do fine whatever it was the number one uh, in the top 10 streaming shows for netflix but then of course stranger things uh latest season dropped and uh, that took over number one i kind of drifted away from stranger things i may have to go back to it because uh you know i might have to enjoy it and see you know exactly what uh, what's up. Uh, I get it. I just uh, you know was looking forward. You know, I don't know. I'm looking forward to their latest season. I did watch Ricky Gervais this weekend as well. Uh, Supernature, uh, funny. I enjoyed it. it. It was. I don't think. And Ricky, you know as well as I do. I I love you. Okay, I love your work. I appreciate you. I get it. But 
Supernature really wasn't your best work, was it? I know you had to deal with Netflix. I don't know when you had to, you know, produce the show, when you had it, when it was due to be out on Netflix. But, uh, you know, you got it done for them. You, you know, your, your obligations contractually were met, but it really wasn't your best work, was it? I mean, go ahead. You can tell me. You know what, Ricky, just DM me on Twitter at Jeffy JFR. You can, you know, DM me on Instagram or, or Facebook, Jeff Fisher radio. No problem. Just let me know just between you and me. I won't tell anyone. I promise just, you know, just between you and me. (laughs) And those of you who are listening to this and are uh, not a subscriber to this program, Chewing the Fat, uh, you need to make that happen, okay? Uh, Of course, to be a subscriber is free, but nobody likes a freeloader. You know that as well as anyone. So whatever platform you're listening to uh, on your friend's app, uh, you can use that platform or you can choose one yourself, but go ahead and subscribe to Chewing the Fat and tell your friends. And if you're a subscriber, you know that the latest edition of Talking Walking Dead is up and ready to go with Jason Buttrell and my son Maximus. And we discussed the final season or the final episode of uh, Fear the Walking Dead for season seven. And we talked about the future and what uh, the future entails in the whole Walking Dead universe. So you can give that a listen as well. Um, I wanted to congratulate Tom Cruise for being number one again at the box office. Uh, Top Gun, uh, holding tough, um, scores a record 90 million for the second weekend, and he crosses 550 million globally. So Top Gun is pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's pulling in some cash for Tom. Uh, good job. Uh, he, that was and that was his first one. That was boy, that was a hard one to believe that this was his first movie opening to a hundred million or more on that first weekend. Just incredible. Anyway, I mean, he's made some huge movies and that was, you know, never hit a hundred million, but, uh, that's, will be his last weekend at number one. Everybody's happy about it. Paramount is happy. It only had a, uh, you know, 29% drop, which is the smallest, you know, decline ever for the sequel or for any sequel, I guess, maybe even for any movie. It doesn't say, it just says the sequel earned 90 million to boast the smallest decline ever, I guess for the second weekend, which was 29%. However, and you know, like I said, over 550 million globally, that's uh, uh, pretty good, uh, pretty darn good. But again, it's going to be his last weekend at number one. Next weekend, Jurassic World Dominion uh, opens and that will be number one. Sorry, Tom, you got to go. Take care. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay. Who died today? Who died today? Ann Turner Cook, dead at the age of 95. 
And you ask yourself, wait, who is Ann Turner Cook? Well, she is the original Gerber baby. You know, the, the Gerber trademark baby. That's her, Ann Turner Cook. She, I mean, made a fortune from Gerber. Uh, I think they paid her like $5,000 total over the years. <laughs> now, she made some money with speaking engagements and being, you know, on every Gerber product packaging from, uh, you know, 90 years, 95 years ago to uh, to today. And they still have new babies. And there's a whole other story out there about uh, people whining about how the process goes for picking, you know, the yearly Gerber baby. But uh, Ann Turner Cook was the original Gerber baby and their uh, mascot. I mean, that's the drawing, man. That's the one. She claimed that uh, her then neighbor uh, drew a sketch of her. Uh, Dorothy Hope Smith sketched her using charcoal and didn't really think it was finished. She just sent it in. Uh, to find they were looking for a represent a baby food advertising campaign. They needed a fresh sketch and they picked hers and they didn't even let her finish it. She was, she didn't think it was finished and they selected her as a winner. And, uh, so in 1991, they adopted the image as the official trademark. I mean, it really was even before then. Now for years, her identity had remained anonymous and people always thought it was Elizabeth Taylor. And some people thought it was Bob Dole, Bob Dole. There wasn't a pencil in the picture anyway. Uh, so, um, she said that when she was about three, her mother pointed at a baby food jar and said, that was my, that yeah, was your picture. And then, uh, she, when they, she released it, I think back in, I don't know when they announced who it actually was. Uh, and she, they, when she was asked in one interview, did she use Gerber baby food? And she was like, mm, not exclusively. <laughs> She's got three daughters, uh, a son, eight grandchildren, nine great grandchildren. She died in St. Petersburg, Florida, my old hometown. Um, and a rest in peace, Ann Turner Cook, the original Gerber baby. We also lost Alec John Such, I know, bassist and founding member in Bon Jovi. He was 70 years of age. There was no cause given. Hmm. No cause given. That leads you to believe that it's something they don't want us to know, but I don't know that. I mean, is there anything, is there any death in today's world that we don't want to know? No, there is not. Now, let me answer that for you. No. So rest in peace. Uh, Alec dead at the age of 70 years of age. Now there was a guy in Florida who probably wishes he was dead. Um, he and his girlfriend, uh, were driving and she was taking care of a little business, a little oral business. And they got into a head on crash. It's just like, I mean, I don't know what's, what's is like the movies or real life or real life is like the movies. But a uh, head-on crash while she was taking care of oral business. And you can see there's one picture where they're, he's laying on the ground with his pants down. Oh, man, that cannot be good. <laughs> that cannot be good. I don't know if it's completely bitten off or partially. There were no final reports on that. Uh, it's unclear if there's going to be any charges. Yeah, there's going to be charges, uh, in the head on to a FedEx van 
and down in Fort Lauderdale, and the the injury was uh, substantial. To uh, they were both partially well. He uh, was partially uh, well. He has pants down, and uh, so woof uh, for. I mean, even the women, you can imagine, uh, whether you identify as a man or a woman, if something like that happens, um, uh, you don't want none of that. <laughs> you do not want that to happen. Now, some would say, perhaps you shouldn't do that in a vehicle uh, while driving. You know, many would say that. Many would say that. Hmm. I don't know that I would, though. I don't know that I would. And we have an Arizona man who is not dead yet, but uh, he will be uh, this week. A judge has denied the Arizona prisoner's bid to delay his his execution in a 1984 killing of an eight-year-old girl. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Um, Have a nice day, Frank Atwood. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, they were arguing that uh, the procedures would violate his constitutional right against cruel and unusual punishment by subjecting him to unimaginable pain. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Now in Arizona, they, you know, they have the lethal injection. Now they still do have the gas chamber. I'll just roll them in. Apparently he's got a degenerative spine condition that has left him in a wheelchair and, you know, they're making the case that he would undergo excruciating suffering if he were strapped to a gurney while laying on his back during the lethal injection execution. Oh, that's a shame. That is a shame. I know. It's a real shame. However, uh, the uh, the judge is like, hey, you know, we can put a medical wedge in there and relieve some of the pressure on his spine. Well, he's, you know, we can tilt the execution table a little differently. That's what he does in his jail cell. So, you know, uh, according to uh, experts, uh, we don't really require a pain-free execution. Yeah, and Arizona's had that problem anyway. They haven't had an execution in a a number of years. I mean, it's been, uh, I think, seven or eight years because they kind of screwed up that one execution, or at least they say they did. They gave the one guy like 15 doses of the two-drug combination. (laughs) The guy would not die. (laughs) <laughs> and it's the state's fault. But I still leave him in his wheelchair. They still have the gas chamber. They haven't used it in a long time. There's only a few states that have an actual gas chamber and still have lethal gas execution laws on the books. Uh, Arizona, California, Missouri, and Wyoming. And I think Arizona is probably the only one that still has an, an actual chamber that you could use. I, I, I don't know that. Um, but wheel him in, leave him in his wheelchair. Are you comfortable? All right. Wheel him in, turn on the gas. See you later, Frank. Take care. But we're going to go ahead and make him as comfortable as possible. And yeah, we want to do that. We want to make you as comfortable as possible before your execution. You know, like you made the eight year old girl that you killed up as comfortable as possible, you know, while you were killing her. Yeah, that's all. And we want to do the same to you. So congratulations to Rafael Nadal, who won his 14th French Open title and the 22nd total major this weekend. And did you see during the French Open, though, uh, 
during the uh, semifinal clash between Casper uh, Rudd and uh, Marin Silic. I was halted for 15 minutes after an environmentalist activist entered the court, chained herself to the net, and she was wearing a t-shirt that said, we have 1,028 days left, and she had chained herself to the net, uh, to the corner of the net, the side of the net, and it's out of the play. Uh, no, it's still, uh, it's, yeah, it's out of the play. It's on the far net side. Um, why didn't they just leave her there? Just leave her there. Let her be chained there. Let the guys play. And ever so after, often, just, you know, drill her right in the face and see how that goes for her. Uh, it just, I, I just can't take it. it. I don't know how the, they think that's going to convince me that, uh, oh, yeah, with climate is a big problem. I mean, yeah, you got me. Uh, it's a we're, it's a we're in trouble. And I'm for you. I'm all for you. So according to this, 1,026 days is what we have left to determine the future of humanity. Less than three years. The countdown began on March 28th, 2022. The end of the ultimatum sent by the last renovation to government. And the date on which citizens entered into civil resistance. France has been condemned by its own courts for climate inaction. The future of this country is literally, literally destroyed. To waste time is to perish. That's what the, vos, the, that's what the post read. Uh, this is from the group's website as they carried uh, an explanation to the message for her uh, for her T-shirt, and uh, that post was from uh, the group, the last renovation. And so I just it was just uh, funny to see her. I get it. It's you know there's climate and activism and the world's going to end and we believe in it. And I'm going to get your attention by chaining myself to a tennis net at the French Open. It would have been, and you would have got your message across to more people had we just let her be chained to the side of the net and ever so often just drill her in the face with a 90 mile an hour tennis ball. That would have been fun to watch. But no, we had to postpone the match for just 15 minutes and then get her unchained. A little disappointing. And I still say that uh, she would have felt different. I thought it was an ad for, for the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> we have 1,028 days left. She'd feel different if she won the lottery. And speaking of winning the lottery, we have some health headlines I've been meaning to get to. Uh, researchers uncover how the lifelong accumulation of genetic mutations in blood-forming cells give rise to cancer and age-related blood diseases. So we're getting more information on what causes and gives us cancer. That is fantastic. When we find out now there's a new immunotherapy that they're doing that uh, 18 people, 18 people who had rectal cancer uh, did this immunotherapy and they're cured. Uh, no more cancer. So, I mean, that's amazing. So, I mean, we are moving forward so fast with health and we're finding what's causing things and how to fix things. I mean, that's awesome. This immunotherapy, they're finding, uh, they, obviously these people had rectal cancer and you could <laughs> make your own jokes about rectal cancer. I mean, I did and have, I was just not sharing them with you, but, uh, the immunotherapy, you know, is made up of white blood cells and organs and tissues of the lymph system. And it's a type of biological therapy. They're also using that for some non-small cell lung cancers as well. Uh, looks 
pretty, pretty, pretty good. We also have uh, the human brain releases this uh, noradrenaline in response to surprises and the chemical compound that helps the brain focus and learn from unexpected events. So we're finding out more about our bodies. It's amazing how science changes, isn't it? We're finding out more. It isn't just a set thing. Huh. Makes one wonder, doesn't it? It does make one wonder. And of course, everything that was bad is now good. We also find now that drinking coffee uh, lowered the risk of death in many people. So remember when they told you that coffee was bad? Yeah, well, it's kind of good now. So don't worry about it. It's kind of good now. We also know that we have a new treatment for drug-resistant malaria. Uh, the compound effectively causes the malaria-causing parasites to self-destruct without harming the host cells. That's awesome. So if you have malaria and you the drugs that we give you already for malaria don't work, we'll give you this drug and we'll break it. Why don't they just give you that? I mean, let's not worry about the other drugs. We'll just give you this new compound and we'll just cause the old malaria parasites to self-destruct. Goodbye. It's over. Take care. Have a nice day. And then we have uh, nanofibers that we're using now. These engineers have developed nanofibers capable of impersonating human muscles. So the material may be used in robotics and uh, a lot of medical applications. So they have new nanofibers that will impersonate human muscles. Tell me that is not awesome. Go ahead. That's what I thought. You can and is the Queen's Jubilee over finally? I mean, it went on, it seemed like it went on forever. And I, you know, I'm a fan of the Royals, and I still was like, oh my gosh, are we going to ever end this thing? The Platinum Jubilee? I mean, I get it. We had all the stars there, and everybody wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, Queen Elizabeth made her final appearance on the balcony. And it's just, I mean, there's a war going on in Ukraine. Uh, that's we're at about the hundredth day, right? We're at 101, 102, something like that, and 102 and a half, something, whatever it is, and uh, and we're you know we're celebrating the Queen uh, in the lap of luxury there in London at Buckingham Palace. Just really strange. It was good to see Harry and Meghan show up and then get stuck back in the corner. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for coming, Harry. You could just sit over there, all right. And when you arrive at the uh, gathering. Uh, on the weekend yeah you're not arriving with the rest of us okay you got to be there early and get in because we don't want you on the steps when we show up awesome they waited i mean they were already in and sitting with the with the low life royals uh the royals that aren't worth anything uh by the time william and uh, chuck showed up it was awesome it was awesome harry and megan are sitting off to the side trying to get trying to eyeball everything that's going on <laughs> yeah, that'll teach you. You're not part of the Royals anymore, okay? Got it? All right, fine. But it's finally over, and Queen Elizabeth II, uh, you know, congratulations on your 70-year reign of the monarchy in England. Congratulations. <laughs> Reminds me, I'll give you a joke to get through today, okay? I'll give you the joke that'll get you through today and the next couple days at the water cooler, Okay. The couple had been married for a hundred years. And I had this sent to me, uh, email chewing the fat at the blaze.com. You can, uh, of course, send me all correspondence, uh, either whether it be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or of course you can email me, uh, chewing the fat at the So there's a couple, they were married a hundred years 
And uh, he was 116. She was 115. Wow. They got married when they were 15 and 16. Uh, so they've been married a long time. Yeah, Jeff. The joke is they've been married 100 years. Okay. So a couple has been married for 100 years. He was 116. She was 115. They went to the family lawyer and said they wanted to file for divorce. The lawyer was aghast since they had been married for a hundred years. And he asked them, why, why do you want to get a divorce now? Well, we wanted to wait until the kids were dead. One could make the case that the queen is hanging on waiting for at least one of those kids to go away. Which one would it be? Which one would it be? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.